SRN Survival Radio Network.
If you're a content creator, social media socialite, influencer, or simply love to record current events, you need the joystick. The joystick is an essential tool for every type of digital content creator. It holds two or more mobile phones or tablets, allowing users to stream and record hands-free on multiple apps simultaneously. And it's lightweight and portable. For more information or to purchase your joystick today, visit our website at www.joystick.com. Do you have tax issues, owe back taxes, or need tax relief? Contact L&B Tax Service today. L&B offers you over 15 years of expertise and first-class tax service for individuals, professionals, and business owners. With nationwide service, you can easily find a location near you. Contact one of our tax professionals through our website, lbtaxservice.com. That's www.lbtaxservice.com. L&B Tax Service Incorporated. Tax professionals that you can trust. Do you have a business, product, service, or an event coming up? Is your current marketing getting you nowhere? Survival Radio Network is an award-winning network with over 1 million downloads. We're offering high-exposure 30-second spots on our network, reaching diverse demographics both locally and nationwide. Give us a call at 323-977-8172 or visit our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us today. SRN. We do radio. The S-R-N. Welcome back. You're listening to Thank the Grief. It's Friday on the Survival Radio Network. And tonight I have a very special guest with me, Christine Noble-Seller. And she helps animal lovers talk with their best friends, living in spirit to experience the healing messages and teaching animals and teachings animals want to share with you. Christine calls herself an interspecial communicator, and she reminds people of their innate connection to the natural world and their natural ability to speak with animals. She's helped hundreds of families learn what their animal family members are truly, truly thinking, feeling, needing, and wanting. She's empowered all humans and animals because she really believes that everyone speaks, and everyone needs to be heard, and everyone needs to be supported. So welcome, Christine, to the show. Thank you, Ophelia. Thanks for the invite. I'm really grateful to be here today to talk about um, an important topic that needs more recognition, animal loss and grief. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you're here. And um, I really wanted to do this show because when I speak about grief, one of the things that I've noticed I have never had a furry animal friend, um, but when I have clients and they talk about grief, because my philosophy is that all grief should be heard and all grief should be supported, and sometimes there I've seen that how there's such a shame because they may have come in to work with me because they've had a loss of a child, a husband, a loss of a human. And as they're discussing, maybe the, um, they've, they've also had another loss of a, of a pet. And as we discuss it, even in their discussion, there is the shame because they're not feeling supported. So I want us to really talk about that. And the first thing I want to ask you is, Christine, how, what is an animal communicator? What is an interspecies communicator? Can you tell the audience what that is? 
Sure, I'd love to explain it. It's not as complicated as it may sound. So um, (laughs) animal communication is actually known by several different names. So some people might know it as animal communication or interspecies communication or even sometimes cross-species communication. And what it is is the natural ability that actually all humans are born with to connect and speak with animals. And how do we do this? We do it through our energetic senses, which are our non-physical senses, um, using our energetic intelligence or intuition, if you will. So Albert Einstein said, energy can't be created or destroyed. It can only be changed from one form to another. So I thought I'd like to give you and um, tonight's listeners some some examples from our everyday life of how we use... um, our intuition. So a phone will ring. I think many of us have had this experience, and we know who it is before we answer and pick up the call. Right, yes. Yeah, have you had that experience? Yeah, I have many times. Um, or someone you think you're thinking of someone and um, they, uh, they knock on the door or something like that, or you get, you get a letter from them in the mail. or Yeah, so that's happened to me. Yeah, that's exactly one of my examples. I was going to say we're we're expecting a letter, a parcel, some delivery. We think of it, and the next thing we find out, it's been delivered. It's in our mailboxes. Um, humans are actually um, bodies of energy, too, and we receive and we send. So one of the ways we sense this is maybe we walk into a room where there's just been an argument. Nothing's taking place now, but we can sense the mood. Yeah. So that those are some practical examples. Um, some more concrete information about animal communication. Um, it works on telepathy, and telepathy may sound like an unusual concept, um, but to understand the word, we look at the Greek root of the word, which means to feel over distance or to feel right. from afar. So telepathy is a communication based on thought, which is mind-to-mind communication, Um it's not a spoken language. It's, it can be silent. It's a transfer of information. And every, every person has fully developed intuition. They just may not know how to access it or trust it. I think that's so true. I think that um, at times that even though I think I'm very, I believe strongly in intuition, at, at times, um, you know, I might feel something and, I always say when I don't listen to that inner voice, I always regret it. <laughs> because I think sometimes we as humans, we we are so believe in just what we can physically see and touch. We get caught up in in the in the in the practical um, belief that that's all that's real. So um, I wanted to ask you as well, how did you get into this line of work? How did being an animal communicator become part of your life? Is that something you always have done, or is it something that grew with you over time? Sure. I'd be happy to tell you the story. I'll just add to the last point, though, that you made about people wanting to see the tangible, concrete, scientific evidence. And for those that are much more um, Mm scientific-based, what you can do is look up world-renowned biologist Rupert Sheldrake, who's considered one of the world's uh, global thought leaders. And he's actually published research on telepathy in one of his books that's called Dogs That Know When Their Owners Are Coming Home. 
And this oh, research that's a nice name. <laughs> yeah. So I mean it's very it's very key about animal communication. It's a specific way that telepathy is used. And he actually came to the conclusion that telepathy is normal. It's a normal aspect of communication between members of an animal social group rather than a paranormal. So we may see it as paranormal, that it's supernatural, but it's actually super natural. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to use that, Christine. I'm going to look yeah. use that one. I, I like that. I, I like that how, oh. uh, yeah, because I do really think that um, – and especially since um, my loss, the, my profound loss was my mom when my mom passed yeah. away. I more and more every day I do believe that um, uh, interspecies or you know communication just on that spiritual level, I really believe that it's more natural than I've ever thought, and um, it's so important that I think that when people are grieving or just just in general that we we don't judge and bring in our own feelings into and telling people that that's not right and you're, how you're communicating is wrong. Um, yeah, so one of the other things that I really want us to talk in the I know that the audience are listening and they're, they're thinking that, um, that some people think that grief, when we look at grief and we hear that, Oh my goodness! Someone's mom has died, or they, or their child, or their husband has died, and we, we might embrace them. But when we hear that someone's beloved pet has died, it's different. Why do you feel that people don't consider the grief of a pet the same as the grief of a person? Sure, I'll talk about that, and it sort of ties in with how I came into being an animal communicator too. So. Um, we call animal loss and grief disenfranchised grief. It's a type of grief. And what it means is that it's not well understood and people are not well supported with it. So it ties in with the shame that you talked about. And it depends on who you ask. Um, Some people will say that the grief is less, the less loss of an animal. Some will say it's the same or similar as the loss of a human. And some will say animal loss is far deeper. Um, And why is this? Animals for many years have typically been seen as property. They're not seen as sentient beings. Um, Their relationship is not seen on par as humans. And that's because about 12,000 years ago, humanity stopped being gatherers and hunters and started to keep animals for their own purposes and that's when humanity became separated from nature and animals and humans placed themselves on top and we've forgotten the natural order and our connection has been artificially separated so humans forget that we are animals there are human animals and non-human animals whereas if we see ourselves as one then there is no distinction And the reason why that's so important to me is my own journey. So how did I become an animal communicator? I've always had animals in my life. Um, Growing up as a kid, my family moved a lot, so animals were always there for me, whether I was a child or as an adult. And then in my late 30s, I had a significant health crisis and a family 
family crisis. You can't just have one. So my <laughs> animal family members were really instrumental in my recovery from this time of crisis. Um, animals are known for their unconditional love and acceptance, and it's there for you any time of day or night. And I'd always been fascinated by shows on TV about mediums, which a lot of people know is speaking to loved ones in spirit, and even watching Sonia Fitzpatrick, the pet psychic, on the Animal Channel. So in 2011, I signed up for a free one-hour online introduction about animal communication. It was with Asia Voigt, and she had a guest, uh, world-renowned psychic medium Colette Baron-Reed, who happens to be a Canadian. And during this workshop, Asia took us through a meditation where animals could come and speak with us. And I didn't know what to expect. And I was visited by some animals who had met with a horrific end of life when I was a child, which was incredibly traumatic to me at the time. And as a child, like most children, I had been overwhelmed, but I had seen an experience. So I shut down not wanting to know or experience this type of pain again. However, the animals let me know it was time to get to work and to follow this path, and that's what I did. So I researched and found out everything I could about animal communication. I studied and practiced and under an internationally recognized teacher over four years. And I also trained in complementary therapies such as Reiki and energy support and flower essences. And in 2014, I opened my doors and started offering animal communication professionally. And now in 2020, I'm in my seventh year of business. And to me... Supporting people with animal loss and grief is one of the most intimate, profound privileges and experiences and honor that I can serve because people are opening up their heart and soul, um, and it's a time of healing, and it's a time of bringing together their animal and spirit and the human and to show them what's him. possible. Yeah. As I'm listening to you, and um, I want to share a story with you, to you, um, and it, it sort of just came to me, as you know, you, you have this moment. And um, one of the prof- most, my profound sort of switch, because I've never, I've never had a pet, um, I was always, like, as, as a child, kind of scared of cats and I discovered that's another story why I was scared of cats. But I remember when I was taking Reiki and I finished my level Reiki 1, my energy healing for people that don't know. And I remember coming back, and at the time I lived in a building uh, with a friend, and we lived in the same building at the same time. And I was coming out of my car in the garage, and she was crying. And I was was saying, what's wrong, what's wrong? And... Her, her dog, um, it was a golden retriever, and I'd you know, seen the dog and everything and you know, went back to the, the apartment, and she was crying because she was told at the time that she would have to put down her pet. And I didn't understand. It, for me, it wasn't that I was getting the, the pain of what, where she is with her animal, um, but I was with, I was supporting my friend, and she says, "Oh, Philly, can you do Reiki on her?" And I'm like, and for me, it was like on a dog. Like I was like, 
But it was the most beautiful experience that I had. I'm like, I've never done it before. I literally had just finished my Reiki 1 course, right? <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I was like, I don't know because we just kind of didn't really do. We learned and we kind of practiced on each other. That's what I'm saying. And she says, I don't really care. Just try. So I was there and I thought, okay, I'm just going to send you a little Reiki. I don't even know what to do. And the, the, the animal, the beautiful animal, really just took, I didn't know where the pain was. She just came up to me and gave me her hind leg and her bum and mm-hmm. then totally turned over on her back. And they both started to cry. Because it was t- and I was like, well, what does this mean? Because I didn't know why everybody was crying. But later as I learned and I shared this story um, with other people, um, I discovered in that moment um, this beautiful furry being was feeling the energy, telling me where to put the energy. And then when it was completely, I had enough, just rolled away. Long, beautiful story. Didn't have to, and I did that for a couple of other weeks didn't have to lose the the animal didn't have to lose her leg and it, everything healed so that was my first time in in when you were talking about starting to realize oh we are on the same level with animals so um that's my little bit of a animal communication story not that the animal was passed on but it was here in the, in the living and um, that's one of the reasons that I really wanted to have you on the show to really help people to understand how valuable pets are um, and when they're alive to people, but that's why they experience, you know, when loss happens, you know, it greatly impacts their lives. And that was a beautiful story. And really what it shows us is that animals understand the language of energy which is the language of intention emotions and feelings and so animal communication is based on that as is reiki everything is energy and they read it particularly well yes they they certainly do because that's what was my first and and i really know that as i work with people in grief and they do have um pet loss um i i really now really see it and I have learned that it's it's the heart doesn't know the difference between um that it was the heart just knows that it's grieving so we our audience out there are grieving and yes. someone may be listening um and having have recent pet loss of had a pet loss in the last little while or last year how can you help someone or what are some things that you can tell someone who's grieving the loss of their pet right now? Sure. There's quite a few things, so I'll just try to give an an overview, a brief outline. First of all, normalize their grief. Right. People really appreciate that the hearing that they're not crazy for feeling this deep level of grief for their animal loss. They're not alone in feeling this grief because people are caught off guard. They can be completely surprised by the depth of their grief. They can even feel guilty or confused because the animal loss and grief is deeper than the loss of any human, even significant human loss to date. And so it's almost that they need education and permission to know, as you said earlier, the heart doesn't know the difference. Right. Another way is to educate them a little about the types of grief. When we talked about disenfranchised grief, which is just not being well understood or supported in society, 
Um, acute grief is when something happens suddenly and there's no notification and there's shock. And very often with animals, um, people experience chronic grief, grief, and that's where we know in advance due to illness or old age or an injury, we're going to have this anticipatory grief. Um, so grief happens perhaps days, weeks, months, or even years before the animal will transition. I help people demystify death. It's a big part of where animals are true messengers, healers, and teachers. Humans, generally speaking, have a lot of fear, anger, and resentment about death. It's a bit of a mystery, and animals are quite a bit more comfortable with it, and they see death as a natural process. Mm. So animals don't live as long, um, and they know how to die. (laughs) Also, when animals die, people are left with a lot of unanswered questions. So this is part of the biggest challenge in grieving because they're left with all these questions. A very common example would be, did their animal understand the decision to euthanize? Because many people are left, they'll contact me two years later, and they've been carrying these heavy mantles of, of, of guilt. The other thing is that humans tend to see everything through their own perspective, based on our own species behavior. So we tell ourselves these one-sided stories about what happened when the animal died. But there's always two sides to the story, and through animal communication, when the animal relays their side, which is often a huge missing piece, the story shifts, and it shifts into an understanding of the truth. And people are so often surprised to hear how different, loving, and freeing their animal's point of view is. So... In a nutshell, animal communication helps people because it provides them with missing information, gives them answers, offers reassurance, relieves and releases their guilt, increases their understanding of what happened, allows them to experience love and healing, and causes a shift in their perception and understanding. Yeah, that's really that's really important when people are grieving, and one of the reasons why the show um, was created is to create that brave space that grief is normalized, that we can have a discussion about your grieving and understand that it will can be uncomfortable for the listener uh, when the listener is listening to the griever, that grief is un- sometimes uncomfortable to experience and to support someone, but to really create that brave space that people can that people can grieve and let them grieve in their in their own time and no judgment. Um, sometimes when I work with people and they've had um, a pet loss and people are supporting them and they're doing some of these beautiful things that you are, are saying, one of the common things that they, they tell me or I hear people are saying or sometimes even on social media, um, people tell them, just get another pet. Um, you know, just get another pet. And what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's something that's helpful or can it be helpful or do you think people need time to grieve? So what are your thoughts? Well, it's an important question and I hear it a lot too and I would love to see it change. (laughs) So would we say or could you imagine hearing someone say, just get another friend? No, like if somebody told me when my mom died, 
oh, just get another mom, I would probably slap them. Yeah, how does that sound? How does that feel? Yeah, it's, it feels really disgusting and because and my mom was irreplaceable. And I don't think anybody would say that. They said some other silly things, but no one has ever told me that. So it's insensitive and it's unhelpful. Right. Animals aren't products. They're not commodities. They can't be replaced. They are, they are unique beings with individual preferences, likes and dislikes, just like humans. And we have relationships with them just like humans. They have characteristics that we love and appreciate about them, and then we will miss them. In fact, I know many people that prefer the company of animals to some or most people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, even though I I don't own any, I don't don't live with any animals, there are times when I experience, like, it's so funny in my life, I think almost all of my really, yes, all of my really, really close friends, have animals <laughs> the the earth we need humans need the earth and animals yeah. the earth and animals don't need humans um what i'm I excited think you need to about repeat that i sure. think you need this is this is really we, we need to listen audience christina said something i think you okay. need to say really slowly repeat it <laughs> sure i would be happy to repeat it again more slowly so humans need the earth need mother nature need animals Right. The earth and animals do not need humans. And humans, by dominating the earth without respect and consideration to nature and all of our inhabitants, are causing what we're seeing on our planet now. That was very profound, Christine. And I I really wanted you to repeat it because... I felt at that moment that was just one of the sacred nuggets that you brought, and I think that it captures, um, as we're answering these questions, it captures some of the, you know, the secret coding of why we um, don't see pet loss. Some of us don't see pet loss as as important, and we don't see animals as equal to us because as humans we have to we need them, and we may feel vulnerable in that need. So let's dominate them. And control them and make them act out of fear. And it may sound stretched for some people because, you know, as someone who cares about the earth and humanity and domestic and wildlife, and I hear about all kinds of issues, plastic in our oceans, Um, 5G um, cell phones, all kinds of environmental issues, chopping down the rainforest, forests burning in Australia. And it's a multi-layered problem. And yet I feel the solution isn't just practical and technical in nature. It also needs to be about a reconnection and remembering our connection with the earth and the animals and that the animals hold wisdom and that they are there to support the earth and humanity. Yet we've forgotten that because we think we know better than they do. Right. And what's so powerful about animal communication and one of the things that really helps with the loss when someone loses their animal is 
communication helps people to trust again and experience what is possible. Because when I connect with an animal, I only have their name and their photograph. And I ask the animal to give me information that their person will recognize. So I never worry about skeptics because if I'm doing my job, the information I'm relaying makes it quite clear that it is their animal family member. Right. And so it's authentic and people know it's the real deal. Yeah, I I believe that people are are smart enough to know um, that, you know, as you're communicating with your animal or if you're BSing them, um, they will know if that if that feels authentic because the the energy will match. So, mm-hmm. someone is out there and they're wondering, okay, can I communicate with my pet that has died? You know, um, is this something that they could do? Is this something possible? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, they can communicate with their pet. alive in their form after they've died and yes this is possible and that's what I really want people to take away that this isn't some far-fetched idea this is actually an ancient tradition that still exists in the modern world so communication is no different with an animal who's passed or an animal who's living in its physical form because the energy the essence The being is always alive no matter what form it takes. It's like the Albert Einstein quote that I talked about earlier. I find that a lot of people I speak to know a lot about psychic mediums, so talking to their dead loved ones, humans, and more than animal communication. Right. Mediumship is mainstream. You can just turn on the TV and you'll see things like Long Island Medium, My Mom's a Psychic. But again, I need to reiterate that animal communication is not a special gift. It's not supernatural it's super natural (laughs) it's something that everyone who's lived with or lives with animals is already doing they just don't call it animal communication because people minimize their skills of what they know and they're receiving for their animals because animals don't use our human spoken words yet people can recognize what's going on it's more than the words so Many people I've spoken to have had an experience of seeing or feeling their animal after they've passed. It could be like a sensation on their bed. They might feel heat or they see something out of the corner of their eye or have a dream visitation. But the people are really reticent to bring this up. Um, But I surprise the people because the animals will tell me about it. (laughs) And then the people laugh. And the people say, well, I doubt myself. And then I doubted the experience yet. They trust it because the animal helps them trust it. So, so much of what I do is a complete stranger talking with their animal with the photo and the name. Their intuition is already working, and I confirm things that they already know, but they're afraid to trust because that's what the human state is, is that fear to trust. And so when they are given that example that, yes, that is true, the animal is teaching them, even from beyond its physical form in spirit, yes, trust this other level of intelligence. We have different levels of intelligence. We have mind intelligence, heart intelligence, gut intelligence, and energetic intelligence. Why not use them all? Yeah, why not? That's in, that's so important. So someone is like maybe feeling that heat on their bed or seeing something out of the corner of their eye. Um, what? what do you think that they should do in that moment maybe what do you think that they should do i know you mentioned trust but i think for sometimes it's 
um, it's hard. So maybe now that if you are listening to Christine talking um, and it has happened once and you're getting another visitation, what would you recommend that they do, Christine? First of all, be open to it and trust it and keep an open mind and an open heart. Just see what unfolds. And it's not the details necessarily, although the details could be informative. It's how you're left feeling. Trust the feeling. Okay. You don't have to get bogged down in the details. So, um, and if you need to reflect on it, you can close your eyes or maybe um, think of a special time with your animal or look at a favorite photo of them and really just feel the love and the connection that you have for your animal. That is what connects you mind to mind, being to being. And you can speak out loud. You can speak silent in your mind. Trust that the animals have heard you. Ask to sit with them. Ask a question and then see what bubbles up in your awareness. Ask for confirmation. Did I feel you in the bed? Ask, you know, was that you that I saw? And what you get varies for different people. It's like practicing anything. We might all be able to play tennis, but at what level? So the information we receive, it can be quiet, like cricket quiet. It can come in fast and furious, or it can be vague and fragmented. And the more we practice any language, whether it's a spoken language, like if we speak you know, English, French, German, or we speak um, by telepathy, it feels easier, it flows easier, we receive easier, we transmit easier when we practice it. Right. That's so true. It's it's totally intuition. It's totally about trust. And I really believe that I call it in building your intuitive muscle. It's like doing anything. The more you do it, the more you trust, the more it feels natural. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about your work. You've mentioned how you work. Maybe we can just focus in on, on that. So when you're working with a client and you are working with them, how does that help with the healing um, when they're experiencing pet loss? Like how does your session work and how does that help with their pet loss healing? Sure. So I'll outline the session first and then explain the the benefits that most people receive. So the session straightforward is just I introduce myself to the animal, let them know the person is there. I use a photograph to connect with them. Um, geography is irrelevant. Um, and then, then I ask to sit with the animal and allow the animal to share about themselves. And then I relay that to the person so that they can recognize them and feel comfortable and confident because the animal will tell me things that only their person will recognize. So they get so excited to know that, yes, that is Fido, that is Fluffy, that is Champ. Um, and then I turn the communication over to them because I ask people to prepare their questions and sharing because really I relay and facilitate the conversation. I don't ask my own questions. Not only is it not ethical, it's not useful. And the best communication is one where the animal so much, very much wants to be there for their person and gives them the information that they're missing. So it's really a conversation because as the person is speaking very often, asking or sharing, the animal is relaying back to me. So my, my it can be quite noisy in my head. <laughs> um, and then at the end, because it's so common that the animals want the person to ask all their questions and do all their sharing, 
I always make sure that there's time for the animal to ask questions and share as well. So it's really a, a conversation. So everyone, as I said, is heard. Everyone gets to speak. Um, and animals will lead the way, too. If sometimes people will ask a question and the animal will say, not yet, and I always trust their guidance. Sometimes there's other places that need to be addressed and go first. So how this helps people is, is the connection. It's that reconnection to that loved one that they've lost that physical touch and sight of because they recognize them, they feel them, they sense them, they know they're speaking with them. And in that moment, that's all that matters. Right. That's so true. That's so very true. What are some of the things that when you are working with a client, some of the benefits that you've seen after a session? Oh, benefits. Wow. Um, (laughs) We've mentioned some of them before, but it's just that a lot of relief from guilt, knowing that, they acted in their animal's best interest and that they didn't do anything wrong and that their animal is grateful for their support and their actions um, because that shifts the whole attitude about people feel like they're playing God, they're, um, are they acting too early, are they acting too late? It's one of the most difficult things that people have around their animals is how to support them through their transition. And so people guess. Um, and rather than guessing, they can actually speak to their animals and consult with them, and so that they're working with them and respecting them and working collaboratively rather than doing to them. And so that's such a much nicer feeling. Um, But a lot of times I get people after that fact. I think also people feel reaffirmed that the connection and the love is still there, and they know their animal is still because the animal will tell me what's going on in the person's life right in current time and so they hmm. they're completely reassured that they're 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 tied in with them they're watching over them they're still involved and many animals come and visit in their spirit form and and households that have multiple animals people will notice the other animals doing something different or acting strangely and it's often the animals are recognizing the the animal and spirit visiting and children are also very good at recognizing um loved ones who passed whether they're human or animals so uh it it really shifts the the human perspective and understanding of the animal world of death um and what happens when we leave our physical bodies that's beautiful. That's beautiful. You bring people relief. You bring people some hope. And um, I love when I read your bio that you believe that everybody should be heard, everybody should be supported. That is really, really beautiful. So, Christine, um, I could talk to you all night about this subject because I know <laughs> there are people out there and um, I, I enjoy doing this show. And I thank you so much for staying with me. So, as we wrap up, um, is there any other tips that you would like to share if someone is experiencing grief and loss? Um, and also tell people how they can connect with you. Sure. I'd love to give some tips. So first of all, please recognize that your grief is real. Do what you need to honor your animal. 
The animal knows it's for your healing. They're always in support, whether it's writing an obituary, a blog in memory of, holding a celebration of life, or creating a memorial fund. Pay attention to what grabs your attention. Know that grief is exhausting and comes in waves. Feeling your feelings is tiring. Please be gentle and compassionate with yourself. Give yourself time without a timeline. Knowing there'll be first times without your animal that will remind you of them, such as holidays. Find support with other like-minded people who get it because your regular support system may not and don't keep knocking down that door if it's not working for you. Right. Talk to and about your animal, whether you realize it or not, they can hear you. Seek out professional support if you get stuck. Keep finding ways to connect with your animal, looking at photos, telling and sharing stories about them, telling other animals about your animal. You might want to spend time in the company of other animals. That can help some people. And as you said earlier, Ophelia, recognize that everyone grieves differently and that they have different needs to heal. So those are my tips. And in terms of how to get in touch with me, the easiest way is to go to my website, which I'll give in a moment because you can find out more about me and my work. My email address is there, and you can also find out how to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. And there's also a resource page about animal loss and grief there that people can check out. So my website is www, and then my name, christinenobleseller.com. C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-N-O-B-L-E-S-E-L-L-E-R. So I really want to say I'm so grateful again for um, you having me and recognizing this important topic of loss and grief because it is one that needs that recognition that people need to know is more than okay. Awesome. And I'm so honored for you to, to be here with me and to give some tips. And I know that when if it, people are out there and are listening to it live, it's brought them some relief. Let's do this again and maybe have some individuals call in and you can share some communication with, about their pets. Thank you so much for coming and I wish you a beautiful night. Thank you. That sounds great. I'll take up your next invitation anytime. Okay, have a beautiful, beautiful night. You too, Ophelia. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. So this has been a profound um, conversation that I'm so happy to have brought because one of the goals with uh, Thank the Grief is Friday to normalize all grief. So let's take a short break because we got to plug our sponsors and we'll come right back because you will be listening to Thank the Grief is Friday on the Survival Radio Network. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
you're a content creator, social media socialite, influencer, or simply love to record current events, you need the joystick. The joystick is an essential tool for every type of digital content creator. It holds two or more mobile phones or tablets, allowing users to stream and record hands-free on multiple apps simultaneously. And it's lightweight and portable. For more information or to purchase your joystick today, visit our website at www.joystick.com. Do you have tax issues, owe back taxes, or need tax relief? Contact L&B Tax Service today. L&B offers you over 15 years of expertise and first-class tax service for individuals, professionals, and business owners. With nationwide service, you can easily find a location near you. Contact one of our tax professionals through our website, lbtaxservice.com. That's www.lbtaxservice.com. L&B Tax Service Incorporated. Tax professionals that you can trust. Do you have a business, product, service, or an event coming up? Is your current marketing getting you nowhere? Survival Radio Network is an award-winning network with over 1 million downloads. We're offering high-exposure 30-second spots on our network, reaching diverse demographics both locally and nationwide. Give us a call at 323-977-8172 or visit our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us today. SRN. We do radio. The S-R-N. Welcome back. You're listening to Thank the Grief It's Friday on the Survival Radio Network. Um, I This conversation for me has impacted me on a level that I didn't think that it would because I've never owned a pet. And I think where it's impacted me is really on that level. Um, so I'll just take a step back. I really wanted to do this show because when I work with clients around grief and they've also had a grief of a loss of a pet, I've seen the impact that is very similar to the impact on their loss of a human, but I've also seen it that it's been greater and deeper. And the reason that is, and sometimes and we don't have an ability when we have a pet loss, and you may not have this ability because you're feeling shame because people say, just get another pet. As Christine so beautifully said, um, that's not possible because you can never get the, another pet because that pet is unique. And one of the other reasons that I have seen why pet loss has such a great impact on us as humans is that this pet has been with us through many of some other losses. So I have clients that has lost a parent, um, have lost a sibling, have lost um, friends and family through suicide, has lost a job, have retired, um, loss after loss after loss, and their beloved pet has been with them. They deal with the funeral. They deal with the lawyers and all of the different things. They deal with the family members. And then there's all that support with the family members and friends and I always say, I call it the casserole support, people bringing you food that you can keep in the fridge that you never eat and you just really throw it out because you're, you're embarrassed. And then as the days go by and the weeks go by and the months go by and the people come by less and less, 
sometimes you're grateful and sometimes you want to see them more. Um, for the clients that do not have a pet or who are isolated and alone, I see that they struggle more because they are not having a form of energy contact with someone. And the ones who have a pet in that moment, as Christine was talking, that pet is realizing that my beautiful being that loves me is going through something. And I see it a lot. And what happens is that animal now is comforting you. That animal, you're petting that animal, you're crying, and as and both of you are experiencing a loss. The animal is helping you to support you through that loss. So when that animal goes away, and now if you had to euthanize the animal or it was a horrific death, it got hit by a car, and you come home, there's no one there that you can pet. There's no one there to comfort you. And now there's no one there bringing you the casserole to say, okay, I understand you had this profound loss and you're in deep pain and you're in this place that you can't do anything. You're alone and you're isolated and you're grieving in shame. There's not the same number of support. You might have posted on social media and people just say, uh, I'm sorry for your loss, um, sending you hugs, um, you know, hope you're okay but there's maybe no one coming visiting. There's no one for you to pet. And then you might be getting someone says, just get another dog. It will get better. And that's why pet loss is so profound. So as I say, this is a show that's to support people who are grieving any type of loss. So if you are grieving a loss of a pet and you're able to connect with Christine, do so. If you're grieving and you are in crisis, connect to your local crisis line and reach out for support. Call a prayer line. Call a friend. Reach out, reach out, reach out, because it's so very important. So as I wrap up tonight, I want to leave you with a healing message. I want you to know, and this is on the line of what Christine is talking, that we are all energy. And especially for animals, and I am definitely not the expert, but I really believe that some beings have a different idea of what death is. And for us as humans, we see ourselves, if um, we're uncomfortable with death because we tend to hopefully live a longer time. And we grieve because we have all this love, and grief is another word for love. And all of a sudden, the love that we were feeling for someone, we were able to express that love in a physical way by hugging them, by giving them a kiss with our furry friends, by petting them and then even hugging them. And now that being is gone, and what do you do with that love? Grief is understanding the process that love never dies that the love is still there. And grief transforms us. And whether it's communicating with your pet or communicating with your loved one, I believe and I know personally and helping with clients 
that, that communication with the loved one through love and with love is a profound healing because that's where we really want to experience again. We really want to have this connection of love. And the process through grief and the process through healing is learning how to feel that love and be with that love in a different form in space and time because the physical form that we love in the form of an animal or a beautiful human being is no longer there, but the love is there. So how do you navigate that, that you can't touch and hug? And it's learning that that love has to be reformed and retransformed. So when you feel something at the side of your face or you smell something or you, you just sense that they are there. And so I encourage you to feel and know that the love is there. Seek support. Be open and trust. And grief is the price we pay for love. But with time, with hope, with your conscious action, you can learn to laugh and love again. So thank you for listening tonight. You are listening to Thank the Grief It's Friday. I'm here every Friday night, either with a guest or just having a conversation with you on the Survival Radio Network at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Have a beautiful night and a beautiful weekend.